The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. I, like you, I'm sure watched the president's speech yesterday afternoon in the aftermath of the murder of 13 U.S. servicemen in Afghanistan. I experienced, as I assume you did, an array of emotions, drew conclusions, and reflected on the last two decades. Uh, I am hopeful to discuss those emotions and uh, conclusions with you today here on a Friday edition of the Bruce Hooley Show. It is the most discouraging day to be an American uh, since Election Day. It is more discouraging than that, although it is irrevocably tied to that, because I do not believe we would be Struggling with the emotions we're struggling with today with 13 dead servicemen and others injured uh, if the election had gone differently. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that. What would Trump have done? How did we get here? We are here. And I am left with a very dark view of our future when I contemplate the fact that this administration has more than three more years to run. Two things struck me yesterday as I watched the president. I'd be curious to know what came to your mind. 844-TALK-989, 844-TALK-989. At 11.33, we will visit with Jason Beardsley. Jason spoke at the 2016 Republican Convention in Cleveland. He's a 22-year Navy veteran, Green Beret, experience in counterterrorism intelligence. He's the executive director of the Association of the U.S. Navy. I'm sure he is feeling on a level that I can't even begin to comprehend the loss of life yesterday because those are his comrades. first takeaway I had yesterday is that Joe Biden is not mentally equipped and does not have the remaining capacity of his faculties to do the job that he is charged with doing. The branches that grow off of that very depressing tree are that it's indisputable to me that he's not in charge of decisions that have grave consequences for our country now and in the future. And I'm left completely uh, desperate over the very idea that I don't know who is making the decisions for our republic, which its very existence is founded upon the idea that we are represented by people we elect. We are not led 
by a president who is making the decisions that we, and I say we the people, not we, (laughs) certainly not me, and I doubt you, uh, voted for. So that's one thing. And the second thing, and I want you to understand that I say this with absolutely no uh, satisfaction at all, but I've pledged when I took this microphone that I would always tell you the truth. And so my sense of what I see, based upon his reaction yesterday, his very, very inadequate remarks, inadequate in every way, inadequate in a complete and total lack of compassion, inadequate in its obsession with excuse-making and attempt to personally absolve himself of the deaths of 13 service members that he is unquestionably responsible for. Inadequate in his ability to grasp the significance of that event, both in Afghanistan and across the world. Imagine what the Chinese Communist Party was gleefully thinking watching that. Imagine what Vladimir Putin was thinking watching that. Imagine what our allies, our former allies at least, were thinking watching that. It was inadequate in every way. But it has, it it left me with a thought even more depressing and (laughs) desperate than the fact that the man who's elected president is not making the decisions. The man who was elected president doesn't have compassion for men who gave their lives in service to their country. The man who's elected president not only is not making the decisions and lacks compassion for the people under his command as commander-in-chief, his stature, his status as president means to me that August the 26th, 2021, is the day that the United States of America ceased to be a superpower. We are not a superpower anymore. We are not the world's preeminent superpower. It has nothing to do with our potential. It has nothing to do with our capacity. It has entirely to do with our collective will because people who are the very antithesis of the ideals that made America great now have control of the levers of power that I just don't see how those people can be overcome until the fall of 2022 when hopefully, please, please, Lord, above, give us another chance in the midterms of 2022 to roust from power, to banish from power 
the people who have wrought this epic disaster on our country. And I don't confine my comments about the epic disaster they've wrought on our country just to what happened in Afghanistan as horrible and as humiliating and as degrading as that is. I include in that the mindset of people who would turn citizens against each other around the failed rhetoric of racial discord, who would pervert our children into sexual objects with the degrading allegiance and glorification of sexual immorality and the murder of infants in the womb. When you survey the broad spectrum of the positions that the party in power of the United States has taken across the board, I do not see how you can possibly believe that the United States of America, represented by Joe Biden and others, can possibly make the case that we are on the right side of any issue that is of great consequence to the sovereign God of the universe. Not a single one. Not a single one. And for someone who grew up with a father who served in World War II and who someone has always believed in the divine blessing that it was for America to exist, I cannot think of a more difficult reality to struggle with than that we are no longer willing to accept the role that God gave us with the blessings that he lavished on us. Those are some of my emotions that I experienced yesterday watching our incompetent president attempt to marshal the moment to rally us, comfort us, encourage us, strengthen us. Instead, what I saw was a cavalier, callous old man who couldn't wait to get to his next meeting. He actually said that on the day that 13 American soldiers died following orders for his epically failed and ill-conceived plan. They nevertheless walked out the allegiance to the honor that they swore to when they took their oath of service, and they stepped into a failed mission and gave their lives And all it meant to our president yesterday was that it inconvenienced him in getting to his next meeting on time. That's all it meant to him. I'm going to pray and hope that it means more to you. And I would love to know what you're thinking as you watched that yesterday.
844-TALK-989. 844-TALK-989 is our number. It's the Bruce Hooley Show. I do realize when you talk about the loss of life in the military that uh, you venture into an area where uh, the verbiage is uh, important. Uh, I certainly, by characterizing uh, Marines as soldiers, did not mean to offend anyone. If I did, I'm sorry. It gets um, a bit uh, tedious to say 10 Marines, 2 Army servicemen, and 1 Navy medic. Uh, I also heard a person last night, a former Marine, who said that the Navy medic is a Marine because they work in close uh, proximity to them. So uh, 13 American servicemen. I just want to know what you're thinking uh, today because I can't believe you didn't have a wide range of emotions as I did yesterday watching those events. Um, So I've told you what I thought. Love to hear from you. 844-TALK-989, 844-TALK-989. 833, we'll speak to Jason Beardsley's former Green Beret, former Master Sergeant. Uh, Intelligence, counterintelligence. Really look forward to speaking with him right now. I look forward to speaking with John. John, you're on the Bruce Hooley Show. Hi, Bruce. Hi. The reason I'm calling, I watched Joe Biden's press conference yesterday, and it seems like he's always bringing his religion into it. He ends with a prayer and... You know, God doesn't answer prayers from Joe Biden. Joe Biden pretends to be a good Catholic. He's for abortion, and there are other things he's for that I won't even mention. He's nothing but a heretic, so he really doesn't need to bring that into the picture when he's talking about, you know, whatever's going on in the world. 100% agree. 100% agree. I was offended that he used Scripture from Isaiah I am deeply offended that somebody who is an unrepentant abortionist gets up there and pretends like, you know, the death of children matters to him. I was deeply offended, even though I certainly have sympathy for him over the death of his son, to equate how his son Bo died five years uh, after he served, and he did not serve in a forward unit like those Marines yesterday. He was not, his life was not put in peril by the incompetence of a commander-in-chief. He brought up his son, Bo Biden, yesterday so we'd feel sorry for him and absolve him of the blame for the murder of 13 American servicemen. And I found that reprehensible. Correct. He should be excommunicated from the church. Well, I'm not an expert on Catholic doctrine. I do not know how you can profess to be a Catholic and be pro-abortion. I do not know how you can be a priest and offer him the sacrament. Uh, That's a completely different topic. We'll try to stay on his incompetence as a commander-in-chief. And every level of this, and this is one of the things I'm looking forward to speaking with Jason Beardsley about at 1133. I've said before, we had a secure airfield, Bagram. We abandoned it. In so doing, we abandoned 5,000 prisoners. 5,000 prisoners. Okay, so a facility to house 5,000 prisoners has to be pretty large. So think of the size of that facility. And it was a secure facility. It was out away from the threat. Anybody coming after Bagram Air Force Base had to come from a long way off where they could be easily spotted. 
much more easily spotted than a terrorist in a suicide vest walking up to Marines at the gate of a congested airport with one runway. So we made the choice tactically. The President of the United States made a choice to abandon Bagram Airfield and, in so doing, establish a killing field. Hey, hey, here's our military right here in the center of town. Humanity pressing in all around them. If you want to kill us, this is where we'll be. And we abandoned Bagram and we abandoned the prisoners and those prisoners were freed by the Taliban. How many prisoners were freed by the Taliban? Oh, Jennifer Griffin of Fox asked that question this morning of Admiral John Kirby, who I have no idea how John Kirby stands there at the Pentagon and defends this utter ineptitude. But he does every day. Maybe he thinks it's his duty. If he does, I can't argue with that. I appreciate duty and honor. I wish our president had a vestige of either. Here's Jennifer Griffin to John Kirby. And in terms of ISIS-K, how many ISIS-K prisoners were left at Bagram and are believed to have been released from the prison there? And why weren't they removed before the U.S. pulled out to someplace like Gitmo? Well, um, I, I don't know the exact number. Clearly, it's in the thousands when you, when you, when you consider uh, both prisons, because uh, both of them were taken over by the Taliban and emptied. But I, I couldn't give you a precise uh, figure. Uh, and as for emptying out, remember, I mean, we were turning things over to Afghan national security forces. That was part of the retrograde process, was to turn over these responsibilities. And so they did have responsibility for those prisons and the bases at which those prisons were located. Uh, and of course, as the Taliban advanced, the, the, we didn't see the level of resistance by the Afghans to hold some territory, some bases, and unfortunately, those were uh, bases that the Afghans didn't hold. But all of those responsibilities were turned over in accordance with the retrograde plan back from April. That seemed like a good idea, to turn the safety of American citizens in Afghanistan over to any forces other than the American military. No, it doesn't. It seemed like a move now. You look at it and you think, well, there's no way that doesn't fail. And it failed. Uh, Does it seem like a bad idea to give the Taliban, who harbored Osama bin Laden, who they still say had nothing to do with 9-11, a list of Americans? Hey, we'd like for you to let these guys through. Oh, my goodness. Uh, We'll talk with Jason Beardley, former Green Beret, next on The Bruce Woolley Show.